Okay, balls on the table time. I know what you're thinking, Kawe Army. Why do I need to get involved with Manscaped? Well, boys, it's not the 90s anymore. You don't want your nuts to be looking like Ivan Campo these days. You've got to give it a little tidy up. Makes it look bigger too. And Manscaped have just launched in the UK, so you can be among the first in the country to use their life-changing products. Sounds good, doesn't it? Needs to say, it's a delicate area down there. We all know that. One little nick and your boys are bleeding worse than big Terry Butcher's forehead back in the day. Luckily though, friends, Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer and perfected the greatest sack shaver of all time. Of all time! The new improved Lawnmower 3.0 just launched in the UK. It's got all sorts of cool features like a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and an LED light so you can see what you're doing down there. Very important. It's all more exciting than a poor compressor, isn't it? It's waterproof too, so no need to worry about pubes going everywhere and you get a USB charging dock with it as well. 90 minutes of battery life, boys. That's more than enough. Unless, of course, you're Ipswich Town trying to score a goal. So, make your testes their besties. Or, to put it a different way, the KOA way, make your nuts look the nuts. And that's important when you're slapping them on a boardroom table to negotiate. KOA style. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Welcome to another special edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. It's another takeover themed podcast and Stuart Watson and I are back to talk to another of Town's three lions, the second of the three that we've had uh, had on the pod. And it's a really good chat. We covered a lot of ground about his love of football, how he got into the game over in the United States, why Ipswich Town, uh, what he thinks of Suffolk, what he's looking forward to seeing when he's coming over here. A lot of talk about Ed Sheeran. We've also talked about his delving into Twitter for the first time and what he makes of all of that over the last the last few days before getting on to a chat about Mark Ashton, Paul Cook, transfer business and what's to come at Portman Road. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this one. We'll, I'll chuck it over to myself again uh, to talk to Mr. Mark Detmer. Right, welcome to a, a, another Ipswich Town takeover chat. We're Andy and Stu here, delighted to be joined by the second of our, our three Lions to join us for one of these. It's Mark Detmer. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for having me on. It's great to uh, to see you both and to be here today. It looks like you've had a, a delivery from Ipswich in the I, in the last few days. I did. My wife's gone, gone uh, I think she may have lost her mind. Uh, we get a package a day now, and so whether it's, it's shirts, it's, it's mugs, it's hats, it's scarves, it's jackets, it's socks i mean i think she's gone uh she's gone crazy but we waited uh I, i'm a little superstitious and and i she said hey can we order the stuff i said not until we we get the uh this opportunity um consummated and then yes by all means so so uh so the gear has finally arrived you're in la aren't you i'm not sure there's much need for you've got two Ipswich town scarves on are you needing scarves in in la all that often if, if we do, it's more or less just to dry off the forehead because it's always in the, the 80s and 90s, right? It's kind of Fahrenheit, right? It's kind of warm out here, uh, kind, of, kind of relative to Ipswich, but that, that'll make it so nice we're visiting Ipswich. I, I look forward to uh, to visiting not, not only with my, my partners, but with my family um, here, hopefully coming up uh, either late July or in early August. If you're over in December or January, just make sure make sure you pack those scarves. You'll need, you'll need those then. 
I, I've, I've listened to, to, to some of the greats from Ipswich Town Football Club talk about snow in December, right, playing matches that, uh, that today they said you probably wouldn't have played uh, in the snow, but, but we love the cold as much as, uh, as the heat, and I think it brings with it its own home field advantage. Um, you know, Phoenix rising by example, it's been very hot, and so our training allows our players to typically excel in the last 10 minutes or so of, of each uh, half. Uh, because they're just trained for the heat. I think that could be true in Ipswich. That could be our competitive advantage uh, with other clubs, right? We, we train in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that might just be the way. This is, this is great, isn't it, Stu? I think it, it's been brilliant to get such an insight um, from club, club ownership, hasn't it, Stu? So soon, after, so soon after this has all got started? Absolutely, yeah. I think we're, it's no secret that we, di- we didn't see or hear a lot from, from the previous owner of Ipswich Town, and, and here we are. What, a few weeks into to your ownership and we, we've had the pleasure now of speaking to to Brett Burke and yourself Mark um, those guys have told us about their journey for the, their love of football Burke grew up in, in Turkey massive Galatasaray fan Brett spent a bit of time in, in London uh, through through work earlier and that's kind of how he fell in love with with football what's your football story Mark how, how are you so into the game oh that's a great question so for me it started when I was very little. Um, and, and as I think you may know, in the United States, soccer or football, when, when I was, it's the late 70s and I was a small child and just starting to play the game, it, it just wasn't where it needed to be. And, and I was one of those kids that chose to play soccer over playing, you know, baseball or other sports. And, and along those lines, it just became a passion of mine. Um, and so that, that journey started when I was very little. Uh, my father taking me to, to match with, uh, Pele playing for the Cosmos back in the day and seeing some really good football and following the U.S. men's and women's, you know, national teams, um, you know, and, and, and again, where, where else, but, but the beautiful game that you see it more globally, but hopefully in the States, it can start to pick up some steam, um, you know, relative to World Cup coming back in 26. Um, and, and that launched, as you know, a lot of, a lot of soccer interest here after the World Cup in 94, um, so we're hopeful that'll happen again. Um, but for me, my journey, a lot of with with uh, with Brett and Berke. With Berke, it started with our sons in school in first grade, um, and our wives meeting, our daughters meeting, our sons becoming friends, and Berke and I becoming friends uh, because it was just so natural for us. Um, and then I, uh, in, in, a, in a very fortuitous uh, breakfast meeting, met Brett Johnson here in Los Angeles. Um, and at the end of that that meeting, Brett had me convinced that Phoenix was the next best market for for soccer in the U.S. That uh, it had the right it had the right um, community, much like when, when we looked at and determined that Ipswich was the right place to be. It had a lot to do with the community, had a lot to do with with the sport, it had a lot to do with the opportunity um, to hopefully bring our energy, our, our tireless work ethic, our, our real genuine way of, of interacting with people. Um, to, to determine the culture of a club. And so my journey uh, started with Brett inviting my family and I down to uh, an, an Arizona United match against OC Blues. Uh, it was Brett, his two oldest children, John and Monica McPherson, the two fans uh, from Phoenix Rising and the bus driver. And, uh, and so we're sitting there in the sun baking. My wife has no idea why a Saturday we drove down to Irvine to go watch this match that had maybe 80 local fans and like two visiting fans. And as we sat there, she said, well, what are we doing here? And I said, honey, we're, we're interested in investing in this club. We, I think we can do something with it. 
And she goes, you realize there's, there's no one here, right? And I said, I do, but that's the opportunity, right? If it was a packed house, there would be no opportunity to bring any value. I, I think that, you know, with Brett and with Barricay and collectively the other board members at Phoenix Rising that have committed their time, energy, effort, and capital to the success of that, that brand, we can do something here. And she paused and she looked out on, on the field and looked around and looked back at me and she said, all right, if you're having a midlife crisis, go get a Ferrari. I said, I don't want a Ferrari. That's not why we're here. I don't, I don't need one. I don't want one. I don't need one. Not they're not great cars. They are great cars. But it was, it was all about getting involved in the community and, and, and taking an opportunity to the next level. And that's what we've done at Phoenix Rising. And we see that similar parallels to Ipswich Town Football Club, that it's a club with 142-year history that, as we all know, when, when, when we've had the outreach from supporters and they've been so kind to, to Barricay and Brett and myself with their messages that have been of support, but, but the support has been, oh, the match we had in 81 or the season we had in 78 or the, you know, that, that type of thing. And so what resonated with us is that we've got almost a lost generation if, here of, of, of children that haven't had the experience that their parents and their grandparents have had with success of the club out on the pitch. We need to change that. It's got to start with the performance on the pitch. And you all are experiencing that right now in real time with Paul Cook and Mark Ashton at the helm in, in, in developing their style of play and in, in, in helping those players um, to perform at their best out there so that we get the results that we think the club deserves. And, and so, again, I, there's a lot of parallels between, I think, what we've, we've been able to accomplish in Phoenix and start out with two Two wins to kick off the season, as you've probably seen, because I, I do know that the Phoenix fans are watching Ipswich matches now. And I think there's some Ipswich fans watching Phoenix matches now, which is fabulous um, you know, relative to this family that we're creating in, in football. But uh, but we couldn't be more excited, um, you know, again, to, to, to be involved with the community and, and yourselves. How have you found your first, is it six weeks or so now we're talking about? Maybe you, you guys have been in. How, how have you found that? I, I know you've uh, you've joined Twitter. Which can be a fun, a fun place at times. Um, how have you? Uh, how have you found all of that over your first few weeks? Yeah, I did. I joined Twitter because I think I had to create an opportunity platform opportunity for fans to engage. You know, and I, I didn't have a Twitter account. I had Facebook and Instagram, and that was fine for family and friends. Uh, but I thought, you know what, a Twitter account might be a way to also engage and connect um, with the fans and in the community. And you know the the with all humility, the, the amount of um, personal messages and notes and posts and tweets and all those have, have just been phenomenal. Uh, the fans have been phenomenal. And I know that, that we're going to, it's going to ebb and flow over time. I know that there's going to be frustrations at time with possibly performance or fan experience at the stadium. And we're going to do all we can to try to listen and correct any of that as best we can. Um, you know, so you know, you're, you're right. I mean, taking to, to Twitter as a platform for them to engage with us, I think has been beneficial. Do you feel like you've been able to, uh, it's obviously only a few short weeks. Um, do you feel like you've been able to achieve anything in in this time? Sort of, have you made any changes, set things in motion that, that, uh, that you wanted to in the early days? Yeah, I think to, to your point earlier that now I'm the third of the three lions um, to take to your show. And thank you for having me on and, and my partners on that, I think our engagement with with the fans, with the community, with you all that that are uh, you know helping us get our message out that the culture is different, right? I mean, my partners and I absolutely want to uh, to get engaged with with the uh, the community, um, and with that are pretty forward facing. 
I think, um, relative to other ownership groups. And I think that might set us apart because with that, that kind of a, a culture that we're all in this together, I think that that translates down to, to Mark Ashton, um, to Paul Cook, and to eventually the players and performance on the pitch. Um, because we're, again, we don't um, view this as it's any one person's um, role or journey. It, it, it's a community. It's a club that's for the fans. And, and with that, I think when we, we bring the right culture from the top down and then even the bottom up, that, that people in the front office understand what, what our message is and how we want to deliver that, um, I think great things happen. What's uh, what's your skill set that you're bringing to the table from the from the three guys? I guess you've all got your own special skill sets from the, the three lines. You complement each other really well. We know you're good friends. Obviously, you're from a, a real estate background, Mark. Um, we've spoken to a few people. Brett says you've got the best connections in the business. Um, Andy spoke to, to Rick Schantz at Phoenix Rising that, that painted a picture of someone that clearly can 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 speak to people from all walks of life and, and make them at ease, but also says you, you, you're a hard-nosed negotiator as, as well. So um, what what are you particularly bringing to the table, would you say, Mark? Thank you. That, those, thank you so much. Those, those are, um, it's a great question. Yes, uh, my professional career is centered around industrial real estate and, and making markets. And when you make a market, you, you absolutely represent the best interest of, of the, the fiduciary and the parties you represent in a negotiation. So sometimes... In order to to do that, you've you've got to be tough. But in the end, it's about relationships, both the relationship with with the party that you represent and the party on the other side of the table, in order to come up with with very reasonable and solutions to to whatever that challenge might be. And I think I can apply those same skills um, here to, to ownership again, rising, but now Ipswich Town Football Club. That we listen, we we try to um, enact change. And granted, it's not going to happen overnight. It's taken many, many years to go from the Premier League to championship to League One. It's going to take time going brick by brick to build the club back up, both with the, the, the players' uh, performance and, and the stadium itself. And so being a real estate guy, I'm keen to focus on, you know, what areas can we, can we quickly enhance at the stadium? What, what are more medium and long-range goals for Portman Road and – uh, and, you know, with that, I think that so it's relationships, it's a it's ability to connect with others and then to, to listen, learn and and to then go enact and enable those to, to to see change all the way through. You've built some stadiums in ridiculously quick time over in Phoenix. We had the, we've heard the story of the temporary stadium getting done in what? 30-something days before Didier uh, I think it was – I would like to take credit for 30. I think it was like 50, but still yeah. it was incredibly fast. And as you can imagine, with that type of a opportunity, we had to move quickly and we had to get support from everyone. I, I mean, I'm talking people in permitting, contractors. We, we had to get public officials involved to get power turned on, which we literally had the day before the match. We, we got a certificate to turn the lights on. I mean, it was – I don't. I don't wish to do that again. Uh, but but uh, but yeah. So so we do have some experience. We just opened the new stadium to a little over ten thousand, you know, fans, and well, eventually ten thousand when we're allowed to get back to one hundred percent capacity. But but ten thousand seats, and and uh, and yes, th- there will be change at Portman Road. I think it's necessary. But but I hope the fans understand that these things take time. It took time to get to where it is. It's going to take time to build it back up. 
what kind of things have you identified or or even heard of from fans of things that could happen at Portman Road to to give it the bit of love that it maybe needs? It's a famous old stadium that's seen some wonderful wonderful nights in it, but it is it is a little bit tired in uh, in some areas. Yeah, I mean we we hear a lot about um, and obviously you can you can put paint and you can do some things to clean up and the scoreboard is something we've heard about quite a bit and that'll take a lot of planning and capital in order to, to make those changes. But I, I do think that, um, again, we, we need to get a plan in place. Um, as you're probably well aware, we haven't been able to, to visit due to you know, travel restrictions, but, but, I, but we are so anxious to, to get over, um, you know, Brett Berke and myself to take a walkthrough. We, we've got already information from Mark Ashton on changes he'd like to make immediately um, in the, in the way that, uh, the Portman road presents itself to enhance fan experience. Um, but, but again, I think long-term we're going to come up with some, some very, um, uh, very strategic plans in order to enhance, um, Portman road. Do you think when you all come over, it'll all be together? Do you think the three of you will come over together or could it, could it be like separate trips? Cause it'd be great to see all three of you at once. No, the three of us plan on traveling together. Um, uh, and, and again, based on restrictions and things we'd like to bring our families, but, uh, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, as we're all starting to come out of, uh, of the quarantines and the COVID and coronavirus, hopefully, you know, numbers continue to, to drop relative to, to cases and people getting sick because it's been a terrible tragedy for, for all of us globally. But, but, but again, if restrictions lighten up, numbers keep moving in the right direction like they are, I think it'd be a great opportunity for us to bring our, our wives and our children with us. All of us will come over together and spend a lot of time there this summer. Mark, I, I think we've got you to thank for the <clears throat> sorry the three lines coming together, haven't we? Because Burke tells us you were the um, you were the mediator when um, Brett beat him to the deal for Phoenix Rising, and he wasn't answering uh, his his calls. And you were you were the middleman with the with the kids being at the same school. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. No, that's 100% correct. That I, I think it's one of those things that everybody's got a gift and maybe mine is the middleman. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, uh, knowing Berke for a long time and and, uh, and, and, and and meeting Brett and immediately being, you know, very enamored with his skill set. I mean, Brett is a hugely charismatic guy. You, you've noticed that already, right? He's, he's very thoughtful. He's very well spoken, as is Berke. I mean, you know, we've traveled with our families. Um, you may have seen some photos from the Galatasaray meetings we had with the president of the club, but my whole family went. We were having lunches and dinners, you know, almost nightly with his mom and over at his mom's house. She entertained all of us owners from Rising. And 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 again, it's there's a whole family spirit to, to the three of us that I think is integral, that that again, talking about culture, that that we're able to, to bring that as a new ownership group to, to the community to say, Look, we, we want to engage with younger fans, but but yeah, I've been very, very fortunate to have partners like like Brett and Berke on this journey. What about these contacts, Mark, that, that Brett speaks of? What what could these who are these contacts? Who can you bring to Ipswich Town? What could what could they what doors could they open for the football club? I think part of it is commercial, you know, and and, and obviously Ed Sheeran signing the front of Jersey um, partnership um, with, with with his new, you know, cryptic uh, symbol, which I guess we'll learn about uh, here soon on his on his global tour. But but I think the commercial side is as important as as fan experience. That 
that we have companies that want to invest in the success of the club and that we're able to attract even American companies, which we've been talking to, to a number um, to invest and, and be sponsors in the club, which will help obviously that, as you all know, a, a lot of, of a club um, has to do with the, the, the capital that you have. And obviously we funded the acquisition and we fully funded working capital for this first year to get Paul Cook, all the resources that he needs, but it's not just about capital. It's about culture. It's about feeling that we're a family, that we're all in this together. And when you are, you don't want to let down your family members. So I think, again, if, if we're able to, to bring some of that performance, it'll drive fans, it'll drive commercial, and, and we'll eventually get to our next step into the championship. And again, I think anyone investing in, in a club in England right now is looking to get to the Premier League as, as we are. Are you a fan of Ed's music? Uh, very much so. He's phenomenal. He, he's one of the greatest songwriters of our, our generation. You know, um, I, I think his, his music resonates with obviously hundreds of millions of people, if not billions of people globally. I mean, all you have to do is, is Google it and, and see how many views he gets on, on one of his songs on a YouTube or something like that. I mean, he's such a broad fan base and, and such a great um, uh, supporter of the club. Right. He's been to many, many matches um, and, and being in front of Jersey. But but I think as an ambassador, he, he represents uh, all of us and the club really, really well. I think he'd be quite a good man to give you and the family the, the tour of Ipswich and Suffolk. If you can get onto him, he uh, he knows this part of the world quite well. He could give you the guided tour. It, that would be amazing. My wife's in the background here. I should flip the camera around. She's I think she's just do fist pumping, jumping around. I don't know <laughs> exactly. But uh We'd be thrilled if Ed's listening at all, please. <laughs> we would love to connect. Yeah, uh, again, our plans are to come over late July through through early August, kind of at a minimum, uh, and spend time in the community. I, I mentioned my wife. She's already been on all the virtual tours of Ipswich, uh, <laughs> telling about the sights and the sounds and the smells and the sea and the food and, and the stadium itself. And, Mark, you need to get on these things right away. So. Uh, so not only is it our partners and Mark Ashton and, and others, but it's also here at home that she orders a lot of a lot of merchandise, but she also gives a lot of recommendations on things we can do to improve. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Maybe she could be a tour guide herself. She knows her stuff. Um, looking looking at the Phoenix Rising ownership group, it's quite notable that there's people like Diplo on there and, and Pete Wentz. It's, obviously, there's a deep connection with Ed here. Is is that something in, that in time that could maybe become a little bit more formal with the club in terms of in investment? Because I know that's something you guys have looked to do quite quickly, actually, in, in Phoenix, bring other people with passion on board to the project. That's right. Uh, at a certain point, capital becomes a commodity. It's not about the capital. It's about, as you just mentioned, it's about bringing the right energy, the right creativity, the right talent, the right desire, being genuine in all of that um, as partners. So we would be open to that. I think that you know, we really have to give some credit to Dave Rappaport. He, he's our partner in Phoenix Rising. And he early on uh, with Diplo, with Pete Wentz and so many of the other uh, members of the Phoenix Rising ownership group that are in the, the music and entertainment industry recognized there was there was, in their opinion, two languages that speak across the globe. It was football and it was music that people could relate to, even if they didn't understand the words, even if they didn't totally understand the way that the match is played. It's a beautiful game. And and again, music resonates with all. And so, um, you know, Dave really, really championed that concept. And it, and it just so happens that, again, Ed is a, a massive fan of the club and gives us that opportunity to connect, um, you know, with uh, with music and football. 
So maybe on your drive around the Suffolk countryside, you can go see Framlingham Castle. That's the castle on the hill from the song, by the way. Uh, he can take you to see that. Maybe you can twist his arm to get involved one day in the future. Oh, it'd be amazing. We'd welcome him with open arms. And uh, and we will be visiting Castle on the Hill because it's perfect. There's a, there's a number of songs we could probably keep going on about. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to, to seeing the castle. Mark, can I go back to the start when we were talking about you you playing football uh, as a youngster? Did you feel a bit like an outsider growing up in America playing football while others are, are choosing the more traditional sports of, of your nation? Uh, and, and tell us a bit about you as a player. What 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 type were you? I was, uh, it's, those are great questions. And, you know, outsider, I don't know if I've ever felt like that because it's not my personality. Um, we, we moved around a bunch as a child from Northern California up to Westland, Oregon, and out to Phoenix, Arizona and Los Angeles. And so I've, I've kind of moved around and, and been able to connect with people. Uh, I think it's just my part of my personality. But so I was a, a little bit more of a I like contact. I was a little more physical player. Uh, so I usually played uh, either left back or, or a center, like holding mid. Um, not that I didn't like scoring goals, but I, I love defense. I loved at that point taking people out if I needed to with, with heavy challenges and tackles. Because that's just how I'm built. Um, you know, I didn't po- possibly possess enough of the finesse, um, but, but I definitely had a, a leg that I could get the ball up and over for. Um, you know, playing the long ball in, and I definitely um, had had foot speed to play that left back position. That typically, at least in U.S. football back then, that 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 right forward was your fast kid, right? He was, and so I always had to match up against uh, that kid playing left back. But I enjoyed that challenge. Um, you know, that not allowing any crosses in. Uh, you know, at the end of the game, that that gave me great pride uh, in playing. That I didn't need to necessarily get goals or assists, but but if they got if they didn't get any goals, they didn't get any assists, they didn't get any crosses into the box, then I'd won. So, uh, but but no, again, I I think that sports are a great way to bring people together. And for me, my connection was through football. Did you have a team that you supported either over here or in the U.S.? Was there a team you had an affinity to as a kid and, and growing up? Yeah, at the time we lived in Portland, Oregon, so I liked the Timbers. I grew up uh, really liked liking the Portland Timbers, and I think. You know, early on, there's so many phenomenal English football clubs, but obviously Man U was kind of the big one that, that had so much of a following here um, in the U.S. that, you know, I think, again, from my perspective, we're all about Ipswich Town Football Club. So, so those, are, those are when I was a kid, but that was just because that was what was on TV. But, but going to Portland Timbers matches with my father here uh, was actually a big part of, uh, of, of my childhood football experience. One of the big things I'm picking up on here, Mark, is, is family. Family's massive for you and it's massive for, for the other guys as well. And Ipswich Town has always been known as a family club in this country. It's the one tag that's always kind of stuck with this club. And it, and it feels like your values are going to match quite nicely with Ipswich Town's values. You've spoken about your wife, your children, you know, the, the family's all mixing together. Is, is that big for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because you only get one one spin around, right? This, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the show. And, and to have an opportunity to create these shared memories with the ones you love, I, I can't think of any better way to, to spend your time, you know, in the show. And so Ipswich, what's what really drew us to the club, um, Berke, Brett, and myself, we spent three years looking at clubs um, in England, and, and many of the names you know, and many of the names have already changed hands. And 
Others might still be available, but but a big part of our review was was not just the market and the market opportunity. It was what is the the nature of the fan? What what is this club? And Ipswich was a, is a family club, and that resonated with all of us. That we felt like we were so well aligned um, with with the values of the club and those values that we hold dear to to each and, and every one of us. Berke, Brett, myself, and. And so I, I think it was, I'll say, a match made in heaven. Time will tell, but we sure hope that that's true. We, we know you looked at Newcastle. Uh, who, who were the other clubs that, I mean, we've, we've seen clubs change hand, but can you can you say who, who you looked at along the way? Oh, there, you, you noticed that stadium? Well, we mm-hmm. might have some other photos that are going to get circulated from other stadiums that might give it away. But, but the truth is, uh, I, I think I might still be under NDA. Um, okay. You know, relative to those clubs, and I don't think it's fair for me. It's a great question. I would ask the same question if I was sitting there, uh, you know, versus here as to what are the clubs. But there, there's a list, and again, much of what what uh, we looked for in a club we, we found exclusively at Ipswich. Can I ask you a question that's absolutely nothing to do with football? That's been yes. bugging me for a little while. We've been sent some pictures of you guys. We'll get back on to Paul Cook, Mark Ashton, and the football in the future. We've been sent some pictures of you guys. Uh, I'm going to flash it up on the screen now, so anyone watching on video can see it. Okay. Who, who's the guy in the red tie, and is he going to get involved in Ipswich Town Football Club? Uh, that's Jim, and he he uh, he was a partner of ours at Fortuitous Partners early on. Um, now Brett exclusively owns Fortuitous Partners, but we were uh, we were partners in that venture early on and, and Jim is a phenomenal uh, attorney that that really specializes in opportunity zones which was a tax structure here in the U.S. and that tax structure was going to enable us to, to help build clubs and stadiums as much like Brett is doing in Rhode Island um, so so great guy um, and, and a former partner of ours. I thought I'd just ask the question because we've been using that picture and ever so slightly having to crop him out each time because we couldn't explain who he was. <laughs> so it's just been the three of you. But thank you. Thank you for indulging me and asking <laughs> and answering the question. Stu, take, it, take, us, take us back to the sensible football stuff, please, Stu. Um, Mark, you've, you've, uh, you've obviously appointed Mark Ashton, who's going to be the man on the ground running day-to-day operations, a former championship CEO of the year who's dropped down from, from the championship to League One, how big was getting that appointment for you guys early on, and, and how much contact have you, have you had with Mark so far? I know he's he's still working out his his period at Bristol City, but um, how big a role has Mark got to play, and how often have you been liaising thus far? Uh, he's paramount um, to, to achieving our goals, and what I would tell you is, uh, Berke Brett and I started looking at clubs again, as I mentioned three years ago. Um, and, and in, in that journey, we met Mark, but, but in no way was Mark ever involved with what clubs we may be reviewing or not reviewing or whatever. We just, we basically said that Mark would be a great president and CEO, um, to, to represent us. Should we be so fortunate to, to be in a position to acquire a club? So, so Brett Barricade and I were on this journey to find the right match, which we found at Ipswich. We, along the way, met Mike O'Leary, um, Mike's experience in the Premier League, uh, with West Brom. Um, his experience in, in private equity and mergers and acquisitions was paramount to getting the, the, the deal consummated with Marcus Evans. I, I, I don't know that it was daily, but Michael Leary and Marcus Evans were talking quite frequently over the 12 plus months that we were in, in conversation. Uh, and a lot of the pause and the reason for, for taking so long was obviously the COVID and coronavirus. Uh, you know, we didn't know what that was going to look like. And when we come out and 
what football would look like on the way out. And so we, we had to hit the pause button. But Michael Leary was just one of those people, too, that you meet on your journey. And I, I'm a firm believer that, that people are put along your path along the way to help you um, achieve your goals. And Mike was one of those guys. Mark Ashton was one of those relationships we met along the way. And we just knew that if we found the right opportunity with the right club, with the right partners, that we'd want to contact them to see if they'd be interested in, in, uh, in working with us. And so Mark Ashton has been great. He, he's obviously still, um, you know, finishing up his time over at Bristol city, but, but I, I, I look forward to welcoming him in open arms here. I think sometime around June 1st, um, don't quote me on that on an exact date, but I believe so. But, but we look forward to welcoming him in and, and having a big part of it because we, we need someone there um, daily, nightly, you know, weekly, monthly, like all the time. And Mark fits that role well, as does Michael Leary in, in his guidance um, in, in his relationships in the Premier League. What's the line of communication likely to be like between between Mark and yourselves? Because obviously there'll be decisions that need to be made in, in quick time. Um, one of the big uh, stumbling blocks that Ipswich have found in the past is making quick decisions. Um in, in terms of the previous ownership and previous staff in there. Is Mark going to be empowered to make those decisions or are they going to be needing to go through you guys on the West Coast? No, Mark Mark's empowered to make those decisions. I mean, that's why he, he was perfect in our opinion for the role. Um, we, we value him. We trust his decisions. We know that he doesn't make emotional decisions. That was something that we kind of identified in the president CEO early that Football is a very emotional game, and I think owners are as guilty as, as anyone in, in the front office and in many times with, with managers and players that you let your emotions drive your decisions and your outcome, and, and we're, we're just not, not going to do that. We're, we're going to continue to make reasonable and sensible decisions relative to the moves that we need to make to see our vision and our goal through to eventually get to, to championship here sooner than later and, and hopefully up to the Premier League. Um, but but Mark was he, he's he's so level headed and, and thoughtful in his in his process of making a decision tree analysis and, and, and proving through with the outcome. That doesn't mean that, you know, we'll all get it right all the time. No one does. Right. We're all human. Everybody makes mistakes. But but Mark makes very, very few, um, if any. He's really good in his role. Um, and, and we're really excited to, to eventually have him on board. Mark, at what stage did you decide? English football was the next step for you guys. Obviously, you'd had the, the great success with Phoenix Rising. We know that the Ipswich deal took was what best part of eighteen months in the making because of COVID. Um, but how far back had you made that decision as a, as a three? Right, let's go into England. Let's get over to Europe. Yeah, it was three plus years ago, three and a half years ago or so. Um, when when Brett Barricade and I were again Phoenix Rising, we we'd acquired, we rebranded, the stadium was up and running, and things were going in the right direction. And we all had a passion for English football. I mean, it, it it's it's one of the greatest games in the world. Um, and and so we said, boy, if there's an opportunity, and one had presented itself, a club that you just mentioned, um, and and we made a, a journey over to to London to meet with that team and to go. Um, you know, look at, at their stadium and, and a match that they played. And, and with that, we said, you know, we're going to do this. It, that ended up not being the right fit, the right opportunity for all of us. But, but we were committed at that point going forward that we would find the right opportunity and we would invest um, in English football, both time, energy, effort and capital. Patience doesn't seem to be a word that's necessarily in your 
vocabulary as, as, as a trio. You're, you're guys that like to get things done and move on to the next challenge and challenge yourselves. So um, as much as you'll all probably tell us that, you know, this is a big challenge ahead and you're going to be humble and it's nothing's guaranteed, you, you guys want success and you want success pretty quick, I imagine, don't you? You mean yesterday? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the easy answer. You, you, boy, you hit the nail on the head. We, we are not very patient people. We try to be. We try to. But, but you, you've met my partners. And, uh, and again, from that regard, we're, we're about results, 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 you know. And, and we've been fortunate enough um, at Phoenix Rising that we've been able to achieve those results. But, but it's because of the time, energy, effort that goes into that, right? They don't. It just doesn't happen. Like, you, you have to create it. And, and I think, again, early on, we, we had Frank Yallop, who was our head coach, and loved Frank Yallop. And he'd always speak highly of Ipswich. And we had heard we were looking at, a, at this other club. He said, why not Ipswich, you know, like early on? And and uh, so so that kind of helped us with our, our journey to where we are. But he helped mentor and coach Rick Schantz. We had Patrice Carterone, who came in with Didier to help us define what our culture was and create a winning culture in that locker room and, and having the right rock locker room players uh, and, and again, that added to, to Rick's um, repertoire. And now Rick is, you know, achieving success as, as that coach. And we helped to do that and support Paul Cook in the same journey. Paul's had tremendous success. He's taken clubs up before. He was out of central casting for us when we said, who do we want as a, as a manager? And thankfully, Marcus Evans had him as his number one as well uh, as us. And so if, if we give Paul the right support, the, the right opportunity with, with the help of all the others around him, I think we'll have the success on the pitch that we we hope that we can achieve. But but you're right, we aren't necessarily really patient people, and I don't think most people in football really are. You know, as much as they like to say they're patient, I think take that with a grain of salt. I think everybody wants to win. You know, every match. That's just the nature of the beast. Paul's going to have a busy summer, isn't he? There's going to be a lot of transfer business and, and players coming in. What can you tell us about that and and how much is he going to be backed in the transfer market? I think uh, Burke and, and Brett have both essentially described it as a significant, significant backing that he's going to have this year. I, I think it, it needs to be. You know, I think you have to come in and, and almost impose your will as the manager, right, to say – this is the style of play in which I've had success. And it's the style of play in which we are going to, to perform here at Ipswich town football club. And these are the pieces of the puzzle I need to do that. And we have to provide him those resources and that support in order to see his vision through. And, and, and Paul has our support and he has our resources um, in, in order to, and, and, and again, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I watch all of his interviews. I watch all the matches on. I follow, I, you know, follow along just as, as Berke and Brett do. But but again, I, I think this will be his team, right? This will be his his year um, to show us how capable he is because we all believe in him. Paul, Paul has been very blunt with his words. He's, um, he's And he's going to be quite ruthless with some of his decisions. That much is clear. Um, you, you guys have all come across as, as nice guys, very, you know, we're, we're engaging with you. It's great. But you don't get to where you are in life without having a hard nose edged about you. I mean, what? tell us a little bit about that side of you and, and your partners as, as well. Um, you know, you, you're back, Paul, to make tough decisions that you don't get to where you all are without making tough decisions every, every day. And you're prepared to do that? We are. I mean, it, it's got to be reasonable. It's got to be sensible, right? I mean, you, you don't make irrational decisions that impact people's lives off the cuff. 
you, you have to be thoughtful. You have to go through a decision tree analysis process. You have to communicate. I mean, that that's something that I've been successful at JLL and Phoenix Rising and in many other endeavors is communicating with others that these are things we're doing right. And clearly these are things that we could improve on. And, and I think when you're communicating like that, then there are no questions when, when you get to a point where we've had to part company with, with certain players or, or others associated with the organization because we, we clearly outlined our culture, our vision. Um, and, and with that, um, if we weren't achieving that, we, we, they knew it. There was no surprises, right? I mean, and I think when you're doing that, then, then at that point that, that everyone is on board with what was the expectation and, and what they needed to achieve the expectation. If that was or was not delivered, that could be on us too. Um, but, but you look at those, those decisions and along the way you make reasonable, rational, sensible ones that, that people can get behind. And sometimes they appear to be tough, but truthfully, it's for, it's for the, the betterment of the club. As much as some people may not like that, we are here to see Ipswich Town return to its former glory. I think that's probably quite a good way to end. I think we've, we're reaching the end of our time with you, Mark, but hopefully uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon and, and hopefully even in person in just a few months because it would be great to see you over here in Suffolk um, and you can really get to know the club then because it, it's a good club and it, it just needs that little bit of love that you guys are clearly here to give. We're here to bring the love. <laughs> what a perfect way to end Mark thank you so much for joining us we'll, we'll let you crack on but um, thanks for coming on and we'll, uh, we'll see you very soon thanks for having me gentlemen look forward to seeing you in Switch thanks Mark pleasure thanks, Mark. Support for Kings of Anglia is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off, 20% off plus free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. To repeat, that's 20% off with free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.